Hey guys, it's Jeremy here, and welcome to our third After Hours cast that we've ever done. I'd like to start out by thanking our sponsors, CoolStuffInc.com, who, even though there is no giveaway for this because it's just an extra thing, I think we're contractually obligated to uh, thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, but they do not. There's spot- no contract for us to be obliged to. Yeah, uh, we try to get Doug back on because we've had Doug and Jason on before for After Hours, and Doug is sorting bulk commons with a bunch of high schoolers in his basement. Uh, so shame on Doug. He wants to make like $5 on bulk commons and uncommons. But this is basically where we have a little more relaxed of a podcast. As you might have noticed, Travis isn't here, which makes it way more relaxed. And uh, we figured we'd just spend some time with these viewers on a Thursday to... Um, to talk about extra stuff we didn't get have time to get to on the cast. So we're going to start off with something pretty simple. Uh, Andrew Riker asked, finance podcast all seem to be singing the same tune when it's been mentioned that, of course, there are clear picks uh, on what you should spec on using data and what you shouldn't, and that you shouldn't use bias or emotion. Sorry, it's like a paragraph long. Uh, but finance is almost seeming like an old boys club where people target, get some copies, then talk about it in front of an audience to spike and create hype for buyouts. Is this something that happens all the time? And is it a nature of the beast crowdsourcing to make sure that things fully get bought out can only help your personal pocket specs because of your deeper pockets. I'm approaching finance cast to learn techniques more than anything, but the pick of the week cards a lot of the time seem like whatever stack of cards you have on your desk at the moment. Looking forward to your thoughts. Great cast. So he's basically saying uh, we're, we're targeting cards that seem to spike based off pick of the week. And I'm actually going to start this off because I had an employee at the shop tell me about this today. Um, there is a, there's like a, I think it's mana, detra- mana deprived post every week about cards that spike and they actually mentioned our cast for counterbalance and they said it was a pick of a week on here and then a bunch of people flamed ed over it as well um so is fine i guess is finance an old boys club and are we like basically trying to pump and dump our own cards i guess is the question uh i think you meant counter spell not counterbalance yeah my bad it's hard to think of that card in an instant well, I was. Oh my god! What did I do to this? Why do I do this to myself? Why, Ed? Um. So I think the so the first part is is it an old boys club? Like I think there is some of it, but that's just kind of the nature of magic, right? Like the people who are already playing Legacy, who are already playing like you know, like have like the like the busted EDH decks who, like, have, like, the foiled-out modern decks, they've clearly been doing this for a while, right? Like, it's no secret, like, the three of us have been playing since, what, like, at least 2000 or something, right? Like, it's... There's definitely, like... like uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Were you 2000 in, 2012. Oh, sure. That's okay. when I started. Oh, right. I, I forgot that you weren't born until after 2000. But anyways, like... Wait, what? <laughs> um, oh, my God. <laughs> None of us know each other, by the way, I guess, listeners. We we, we bonded at this uh, dinner, and then Ed forgets everything about me. So seems seems par for the course. But go on, Ed. I mean, you're the one that was saying I was the same height as Doug, despite being a whole person taller than him. I mean, that was a joke. That, that There's a huge difference between that. But yeah, go ahead, Ed. Anyways, like, the, like Old Boys Club, there's definitely like a huge part of that magic, right? Like, the unfortunate nature of like the reserve lists 
and other things like the people who have legacy are going to be the people who are continuing to play legacy like the people who have these old cards are going to be continue to be playing these old cards you're going to be very hard pressed to find someone like that just picked up magic in the past year or two that are going to just like oh i'm gonna start buying dual lands to play legacy like you really just don't see much of that anymore and finance kind of feels like it's the same way like a lot of the techniques that we have like the types of things that you're asking about the um like trying to understand it like a lot of it is stuff that we've kind of picked up over time like yeah market shifts like you know there's like all these like kind of things that we learn like due to virtue of having done this for a while having read articles about it having worked with a store etc um so i do sympathize with you um it's definitely kind of hard to like creep your way in uh a lot of the techniques like it's just like like i know like people have approached me they're like oh like i like what you say you have good information but it's hard to relate, mainly because I assume most of our viewers like don't run a store, right? A lot of viewers probably are more along the lines of like uh, Jim and Travis, who do this casually. They like they're probably hoping to catch like a, a break and hoping to maybe like just the hobby pays for itself. They can just kind of recycle their modern cards, recycle their EH cards, and continue to fuel their hobby without like constantly having to dump uh, money into it. But if you're trying to get to a point where you're actually looking to make money on this, it's kind of a whole different animal. Unfortunately, like the techniques, like there's just no like hard and fast. It's just you need a lot of experience. You need a lot of it's just noticing trends. Like this, this card, like this, whatever, like a pick of the week or whatever, it follows certain trends of blah, right? Like that's the reason why I pick a lot of standard mythics, and a lot of the standard mythics I have picked are like have done well. Like I me- I remember saying like Hazret like months and months ago, like if there's any point where Hazret will be played in like an aggressive red deck, the card's going to be very expensive and load a whole lot of pro tour and hazard was kind of the key card in it. Um, right. Like it's noticing that kind of pattern. Like that's just kind of the way magic plays out. It's like those patterns that are kind of like the best way to kind of stay one step ahead of the finance game, mainly because it's because there's so many like people who are trying to get in. Like you're not just going to be able to like, just like look at like the MTG finance subreddit and just be like, Oh, this is my pick. Like, you know, like this is my pick of the week. Or like someone says this car is spiking, like buy into it. Right. Like that's, that's just not going to be the way like to be successful in MTG finance long term. It's more about learning the patterns and noticing trends. Like it's very similar to like a stock market. It's like, it's, I can tell you what stock to buy. Like, Hey, this stock is cheap. You should buy it. It's projected to go up. But un- but in order to actually make money on the stock market, you have to understand market trends. You have to understand why certain behaviors are the way they are, and like that underlying, that deeper underlying understanding is how you're going to actually be able to turn profit on this long term. Jim, I don't really think I can add anything to what Ed said there. Um, like even if you're not totally 100% invested in it all the time, they're just like little tidbits here and there, like little little nuggets of knowledge that you can use to better inform whether or not you should buy something or sell something. Like people ask, you know, oh, I opened this in a booster pack. Should I sell it now or should I wait? And the responses are always, well, if it's the first week of the release, sell it now because it'll probably never be more expensive. Or if it's like, the week before the pro tour, it's like wait for the pro tour to happen. If it gets good, if it's good, or if it's on camera, then it'll be expensive. Or people are like, when should I buy X Y Z card? And it's like almost always like literally Christmas Day. That's that's probably the cheapest time you can buy a card. 
All right. Well, I feel like uh, we answered that one pretty well. Ed, is there anything that you want to talk about that's happened this week while I pull up another question? Uh, the I, I think the biggest thing is like the reserve list buyouts have kind of slowed down. I think it's like it's slowly becoming evident that like whatever's left is people just like kind of desperately trying to make something spike. That's really what feels like the cards that are being bought out are just like pretty bad. Um, I think one important thing to note, like I know a few people have mentioned it, is Guy's Cradle. Um, I think it's one of those cards that's like it's everyone has their eye on it. Like the Judge Foils have already kind of been bought out. Like they've already seen a huge uptick in price. The normal ones, it's kind of weird. Like I don't think it can really price correct itself any more than it already is. Like it's it, it it doesn't have the same allure like duels do. Like I don't foresee cradles being like $250 like I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna bite my tongue at some point here but duels have just like Being a right back buying out cradles dot extension all right yeah continue they don't have the quite the same allure like duels are much like just much more ubiquitous like yeah like it's like it's a four of an elves obviously like a lot of green based like uh EDH decks like play cradle it's just like very very good in like most casual circles cubes etc but it's kind of it doesn't suffer the same supply issue. You can't really target it unless you have a boatload of money. Um, and again, like like what are you really hoping to do? Like going from one hundred and fifty to two hundred to two hundred and fifty. Yeah, you're making like a large, like gross amount. But how many people are really going to be looking to buy cradles at like two hundred and fifty dollars if they don't already own them at one hundred and fifty? And I think like like that's kind of that's kind of like the the paradox that you're playing with here, like who's really buying these cards at a hyperinflated price, right? Like people obviously need them. Like if, Oh, I want to fill out my legend set. I need like this obscure rare that's on reserve list. That's went from like $5, to, like $50 now. Like are those people really buying? Like, is it really worth 45 more dollars to them to fill their complete set of legends? I'm not really sure. I'm inclined to say no, uh, but guys cradle again is kind of a different animal. Like the judge foil kind of like, is an exception because foils weren't around during Urza's saga. Uh, other than that, like it's been a pretty quiet week. I don't think like anything too exciting is happening. There's obviously like a, a bunch of like Ixon spoilers. Like people are now like kind of settling into the legendary rule. That's kind of like the new hype. I'm sure Jim has a little bit more input into this since he actually plays like much more commander than I do. And he can probably give better insight into like how the legend rule affects commander and finance as a result. So, I don't know when the last time you look at the price of a guy's cradle is, but they were more expensive than I thought they were. Uh, the cheapest one near mint copy that I can find on TCG Player is already two thirty five. Wait, what? We have our near mints at two ten. I should reprice that. I mean, there's only one of them at two thirty five, and then there's only three foil ones on TCG Player at all, and they're yep. all exorbitant amounts of money. They're either eight, between eight hundred and a thousand dollars each, which is like just for show at that point. Like I don't think they're actually going to sell for that much, but I guess that it's hard to notice that kind of stuff because the like the damage copies and the HP copies are like still reasonably inexpensive. Well, MKM just finally like popped on that though, right? Because everyone was selling these cheap. Uh... Like the the foil cradles are exploding on TCG Player and like all these US vendors, but then MKM popped last week. 
Yeah, yeah if you scroll one more time, I will put my mouse through the, your monitor. Uh, oh my god! That's what you get. That's what you get for all the puns. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Like seeing people sell foil palancrons at four hundred dollars and like a thousand dollars on Grim Monoliths, even though that's gone down to now like eight or nine hundred dollars, like that's at the point where a bunch of EDH players are just like, yeah, that's a month of rent. I actually need this card. But at the same time, there's so many people that are addicted to this game in not a good way where they spend all their money on cards and then they have like no social life and then that's all they do is magic. And you see that a lot with finance people. They're just not happy. They're just like always grinding magic cards and they never... Uh... Yeah, I don't know, man. Is that, like, is that jab? Like, halfway through that, halfway through that, I, I just started realizing that. But like, I see it a lot with like these high school and college kids that like have no sense of direction and they want an easy way out. And their, their easy way out is like, I'm going to drop out of school. I'm going to do magic finance and I'll like retire. And like, no one's thinking in the long term for this. Like you have to have such an operation going to even clear, like, an okay amount of money or get extremely lucky that like, or value your time at nothing. It's like one of those three. And yeah, it's like real hard to get in that position, especially if you're some like punk ass high school kid that is like, yes, shop owner, trust someone who is not even legally an adult yet. Like I see that a lot with like people that have failing grades or like they're dropping out or like they just can't focus on school because they're too much into magic. And like, I get messages about that all the time or like we have customers talk to me about it that where they're like, Hey, can I work for you? And it's like, no, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like a toxic game, but it's also a ton of fun at the same time. There's highs and there's lows as I've I mean, once heard it said. Just because you're not doing well in school or whatever, doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to get your shit together. Like, I was the yeah, perennial, but, like, slacker kid all throughout middle school and high school, and, you know, I went to a college for a year and then left, and then waited three more years before I went back, and I didn't even go back to the same college, I went to a different one. So, like, it's not all yeah. doom and doom. Like, yeah, it is, because you ended up in person. Florida. What? You ended up in Florida. What else could be worse? Uh, there were probably a lot of things worse. I could have ended up in Missouri. The great state of Missouri. Woo! Misery. Misery, yeah. Great state of misery. Hooray. We have a travel warning by the NAACP, and our politician said today that we should hang people by a noose on a tree. I mean, didn't so, they also, like, very recently also decrease the minimum wage? In St. Louis. And then um, I, I actually worked for Grantons over the summer, who's governor of Missouri. And uh, it's hilarious because a lot of these um, bills – a lot of these bills are meant to punish the city. So it punishes St. Louis. It, it punishes Kansas city. Uh, but the people in the mid Missouri, Missouri where I am right now, just don't really care. There hasn't been much like talk about it, but he, it, he tweeted today that like, he's all for raising how much people get paid. And then he just immediately got flagged for that, especially because Trump came in yesterday or two days ago, something like that. I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, those flyover states, man. I don't know what to do about them. I know, right? Well, don't drive through it because there's a travel warning now. But, uh, yeah, nothing like the great state of Missouri. 
Yeehaw! Yeehaw. Uh, I don't know. Like, better than New York. I don't think I'd be able to live through those winters, like, getting anywhere. That just seems miserable. Just don't go anywhere or live in the city where you don't need a car. I, I definitely got stuck more than once trying to fly out of New York City last year during, like, the winter months, so it wasn't great. One time resulted in me getting back to Portland at, like, 3.30 in the morning, so that was not great. I mean, travel problems happen everywhere, though, right? Like, I've had more than one case where I've gotten destroyed by weather in Florida because it rains so much. I love how Ed immediately wants to get back on track. He's like, guys, let's stop talking about non-finance things. The people need their value. There's uh, no value to have you had here. Yeah. Why else would you listen to this quality podcast? Certainly not for the puns. Yeah. Oh, definitely not for those. I don't listen for those. Hey, if Jason Alt can get a couple thousand views by just uh, spewing shit out of his ass on his after hours, we we are welcome to do the same. But I love Jason. I'm just saying it's basically yeah, but the, the same difference thing. is that their after hours happen before and during their actual hours. They don't do it as a separate thing. Right. Well, tra- we all know Travis doesn't have time for that. Well, um, let's see. Uh, you guys mentioned masterpieces are a good investment since they're basically the modern day reserve list. What about Zendikar expeditions? Many of them have seen natural downward growth since Battle for Zendikar came out. Are these worth getting into? I don't know, man. I don't know why they keep going down. Like they're not going down very quickly, but there's something that like I think that we just opened a lot more of them, possibly, uh, or people just know that they're more expensive and. They know that they're worth something. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't know, man. I have the ones that I own. The ones that I want to own to play with, and that's it. I don't buy them with the intention of selling them again later. I think the biggest thing is like it's one of those. It, it's less flashy, right? Like everyone plays Soul Ring, right? It's it's one of those like, man, I play Soul Ring. Like this looks super sweet, right? Where it's just like. Oh, play play Paluda, crack it, get underground sea, right? It's like, well, my Paluda is in my graveyard now. Eh, I think that's the big part of it. I also think that Balfour then car saw like kind of a, like a definite spike over um, over kind of the previous sets. It kind of set the bar for like, oh, we should be opening like this many sets now. And there's just way more of them out there, especially since you could also open them during uh, during the standard showdown packs. Like it, that definitely added a non-zero amount. Uh, to uh, to the pool, and mainly because like they're just not as ubiquitous. Uh, like everyone needs to play like soul rings, like lots of decks play swords, like the one like the, a lot of Kaldash inventions that have been targeted. Um, they're just far more ubiquitous. Whereas like how many people really need like a fancy blue delta for their deck? How many people really need to have like a breeding pool or whatever? Right? It's just like people probably are more incentivized to spend more money on like the cooler parts of their deck. Like an Oblivion Stone, a Wormhole Engine, you know, all these like spells or creatures, something that look a little bit cooler as opposed to like a land. So, and I think since the very beginning, like just like the fact that lands have always been expensive have kind of been a flaw, right? It's just like no one really wants to spend money on lands. It makes more sense to spend money on like a sweet creature or something, but that you have to have lands to play, obviously. And I think like maybe that's kind of translated through. I don't know. I I don't know. I've really tried to stay away from expeditions. It's not my thing. That's like Ed's thing. 
My thing soul rings. That's all I know. That's all I have left. Don't take this from me. Oh, you you better not talk to uh, Sheldon Menry then, because he yeah. has so many people asking the band soul ring from EDH. Right. I don't know. Like, I think the card's fine. You put you out of business if it got banned. No, it's not even that. It's like the our player base is pretty casual, so they're not like doing anything broken with it. If that makes sense. Like, they're not trying to kill people on turn two. I mean, you don't really need to be able to kill people on turn two. It just gives you so much tempo. You get to play a four drop on your second turn. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess that's good because it doesn't die to uh, Devastation or World Fire. But that's about it. World Fire, I'm pretty sure um, banned. Uh, what's you the mean Wildfire? Wildfire, yeah. Man, like, you do you even cube? Yeah, I cube. I never draft that, though. I really should get that Signet deck going with uh, Wildfire. That's, that's now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's like not too many questions that are good. You guys should send us better questions on Gathering Magic. And answer all of them. Answer all of them. If I can answer in one sentence, even better. <laughs> Fire away. Two of these are the exact same question asked by different people, like 15 minutes apart. Great. Uh, That's a two 18 one. minutes away. Yeah, we already answered two of those. Uh, several sites have collection... Ma this is by Matt Tiffany. Several sites have collection management tools, some more geared towards the finance side of things. Which site or sites do you guys recommend to keep track of sections and or specs? And is keeping an Excel spreadsheet worth it? Thanks. I can't talk today. What uh, sites do you guys like for keeping track of specs and cards? I use www.bcwbox800account.com. That's where I keep all my specs. I don't know. I don't have enough of them that I would need a spreadsheet to figure out what I bought and how much they're worth. I just keep them all in the same box. Well, he asked which sites. Yeah, the, the, the site that I use is my is a white is a white long box with the cards in it. Literally, like I don't I don't have like an inventory online anywhere. If I did, it would probably just be the TCG player inventory where I'm selling the cards anyway. So I don't really use a collection site per se. So I think like kind of my question would be like, why would you need like a collection like management site? Like if you're looking to sell cards then you can kind of input all the TG players and kind of keep track of your inventory that way. If you have specs, like if you, let's say you have like a hundred, I don't know, cataclysmic gear hulks. I hope you don't have a hundred cataclysmic gear hulks for your sake, but if you're trying to spec on that card and you're just keeping a box, like when I did it like years and years ago, um, I would just kind of keep a spreadsheet. I would just kind of keep like, I bought like my first 20 for like a dollar and then, oh, my next 25, I wasn't so fortunate. I spent like a dollar 50 on them. I could average out how much I into them for. So that way, like, I'd be happy, like, oh, they're $4 now. I'll just, like, get out of them at this point, like, for example. Um, like, that's, like, that's how I made, that's how I managed my specs when I used to do it. And now I don't anymore. Now I just have cards in, like, everywhere. They're just, like, that dream. Watching, yeah, if anyone's watching a video, there's just, like, a row of long boxes on the floor. I don't really know what's in there. There's probably expensive cards. Who knows? Um, like it, it, it became apparent to me that trying to inventory everything and trying to maximize, like, hey, I made exactly this much on this spec, 
it like it just wasn't worth my time mainly because I just had too many cards and trying to like worry about that wasn't like it was it was just worth less than hey this card went up all right I'm happy to get out of it um and as for like inventory management again I like TC player like that's probably your best bet if you're looking to start listing cards on TC player like that's kind of the easiest way to keep track of everything because your collection will like naturally sort itself as you put more cards on a TC player. I like. I think you can break this down. Oh, Jim, do you have anything to say before I go into this? No, man. I like just sell stuff when you can for a profit. That's pretty much what Ed said. I, I just keep them in a box. One day I'll notice they'll be expensive and be like, "Oh, look, I have all these things," and I sell them, and that's it. I think as far as free tools go, Echo MTG is like the best one out there. They email you every week. Like you input your collection, and then they email you every week and they say your collection went up or down by this much. These are your biggest winners. These are your biggest losers. Uh, I don't know what you get for their paid part, but their their free part's pretty fine. Uh, as far as paid goes, there's only one website that matters, which is quietspeculation.com. They have Discord servers for like when you can ask a question right away, you get your money back if you don't like it. MTG.DG is awesome. They have almost all the good finance writers under them. They know what they're doing. They send uh, they send people to the Pro Tour to scout it too. And then you get email updates about like which pros on what before... Uh, Johnny McGee knows what he's playing, what he's on. So that's like the one good website if you're going to spend money. And if you if you're not willing to spend like a hundred dollars a year on quiet speculation, which is eight dollars a month, which is a quarter a day, like you shouldn't even be in my in Magic Finance if you're if you're paying a quarter a day to access this website. Like if you can make eight dollars a month, which is nothing, it's like one good f- card that you're flipping to pay for this website, it's totally worth it. And I've never written for Quiet Speculation, and that's like how good they are. I was about to say, man, you are shilling so hard for not our sponsor. Well, I don't think they compete with cool stuff, um, but they're like the only professional paid website out there that like does things correctly. And that's why all the writers are migrating over there. So, like, you get old school on Monday from SIG. DJ wrote for them. He's on TCG Player now, but his articles have changed, obviously, because he can't write about everything. Uh, now he's like, how to sell stuff on TCG Player. Those are free. To talk about arbitrage, Morgan does content and, like, real-life stuff, like how to get a job off of Magic. Uh, who else even writes on that website? Chaz does, like, specs. I can't tell if you're intentionally forgetting me or unintentionally forgetting me. No, I know. They just added you. So if you like Jim's content, like basically every good finance person is on their website. Travis has some good stuff, obviously, but almost every good finance guy is on their website or has written for them. So they know what they're doing. That is my paid, not my paid, non-paid advertisement from Quiet Speculation. I didn't know you get paid to not advertise for it. Basically. Uh, so that's how I would uh, that's how I would use your collection, or like use Echo MTG if you don't want to spend money. But if you do want to spend money, which you should be, because if you don't spend a hundred dollars a year on this, like I don't know how you can finance. I I don't know what you're doing. Um, have you guys ever had the problem of having too many cards? Has that ever been a thing? I have too many cards right now. It's a constant battle. 
I constantly go between not enough and too many. There's never, there's never, there's never just enough. That number doesn't exist, as far as I'm aware. Uh, from a personal standpoint, like I more or less like make concerted effort to not like own cards in excess. Uh, I'm basically like down to just having like some bulk stuff that I'm laying around that I'm just too lazy to walk down to store to get rid of, and just like random cards that. That sit around like I found like a stack of like old shop lands for Jim. These are all been sitting here. I don't know where they came from. They're there. Um, from the other perspective, at the store, we it just feels like we always have too many cards, mainly because like the nature of being able to buy all the time. People walking in with collections, people always wanting to sell what they have. That's something we pretty much deal with constantly. Uh, we recently like had someone drive down to Star City and unload like a shit ton of bulk to them. Uh, it was just like it was just taking up too much space. Uh, we have just too many like products going on in the store to just have stuff laying around. Uh, it's it, I, I think Jim like basically hit on the head. Like there's just no sweet spot. Like when you're out of cards, like man, like our sales are down. We're just not selling enough on TG Player mainly because we haven't like done a Grand Prix. We just like it's people are selling selling collections or whatever. Or you have too much. And it's just like we people literally can't put cards on fast enough because they sell faster than they can be put on. And there's really always so many people who can actually put cards online accurately and quickly. Um, and it, it's just hard to find, like, the perfect balance. And I, I just don't think it's, like, realistically achievable. You're just you're just trying to juggle in between and kind of hope for the best. Cash flow is a big problem, too, when you're selling online. Like, eBay, you get paid right away. TCG Player, you don't. Plus, like, Crystal Commerce issues. If you're um, not on the TCG thing. Oh God, Crystal Commerce, man. Well, hopefully that will be in a year, no longer a thing. And then everyone can move forward with life. Um, I'm at that point where like I have too many cards now, and it's like discomforting because I don't have time to. I don't have time to set aside to do all this, like even with employees. So it's uh, it's real interesting. Just get a wife and pay her in coffee. Yeah, we can't all be Doug. So everyone has different goals in life out of magic, man. Like we 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 each are getting something different out of this. I don't know. Like I I got asked if I wanted to go to Hascon by like someone in St. Louis, and that is like so low on my list of priorities right now to pay like five hundred dollars to go do an iconic masters draft. I don't think you're going to have a good time at Hascon. I think it'll mainly be Transformers and Barbie. And it's in Rhode yeah, Island. Yeah, there's a Transformers promo card that I want. You can literally buy it from anyone attending. You could probably buy it from Travis because he's going to do the double. I don't know if we can talk about that on the cast. Like okay. tra- Travis will probably sell his promos from Hascon. I'd love to buy Grimlock and absolutely not the other ones. Nerd. Better believe it. Ed? I'm going to have to get like a pocket transformer so I can keep it with me and or fit it in my deck box. Yeah. So I guess on a slightly different note, like so it's something that people have kind of asked me, like people who are looking to ramp up their travel, uh, people kind of want to know like how I do it. Um, I've been asked this more than once, awkwardly enough. Uh, I know like it's a common thing because like unfortunately not everyone wants to like sit in a car and drive for 12 hours. I used to be about that life when I PDQ'd. Now I'm just like too old to sit in a car for 12 hours. I just don't have the patience for it. Um, Mr. Big Shot over here, 
you give a you give a cardboard monkey a bigger banana than normal, and all of a sudden he thinks he can get out of the cage. Basically, um, so anyone who's like curious, uh, like how how do you travel so many grand prix? Like, what is like the most cost effective way? Uh, if basically you're best off trying to find a the cheapest like route possible, you can use this website Matrix uh, Matrix ITA. It's like Google's search engine for flights. You basically just enter your destination, your where your origin, your time frame. If you have any flexibility, you can set all these parameters, and it will literally just tell, like bring up like the cheapest flights possible. Uh, the only exception is that some flights, some airlines like Southwest, uh, I believe like Spirit, and like a few others, they don't publish their fares. Ed, stop flicking cards while you're talking. Sorry. Uh, they don't publish their fares, so like sometimes like Southwest has like heavily like more heavily discounted fares, um, but like until you fly a certain amount, you're better off just finding the cheapest option. Like yeah, sometimes you have to fly Spirit, you have to fly Frontier, you have to pack on a light, like no, like no check bags, etc. It, it sucks, like sure, but if you're only if you're only looking to fly to Grand Prix or close to you, uh, like flying like maybe two to three times like a year or something, just take the cheapest option. Uh, if you're really looking to ramp it up and like hit the, like hit the like grinding session pretty hard, like you're doing then a lot don't. of buying and selling, then don't. Sure, trying like to, trying to get into the game now, don't. Yeah, uh, sure. Like if that's if you do, if you feel like you know you hate your life, you have to travel all the time, just to I don't know do whatever. Um, look for a frequent flyer program. Um, that's like what all the vendors do. Uh, we're at the point where we fly so much, it makes sense to get all the benefits, like flying first class for comfort. Um, just kind of having priority when it comes to like your booking, your status, like free check bags, et cetera. It's worth it. Um, I use Delta personally. Um, where What airline you choose is, is largely dependent on your hub location. Uh, Delta has hubs in uh, in New York City, Atlanta, Minneapolis, Detroit, LA, and Salt Lake City. If you're flying United, then you're flying out of Newark, uh, Chicago, Denver, San Francisco, uh, a few other places. Uh, Dulles, uh, if you're flying American, you're flying out of Charlotte, etc. Seattle, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. Pick what's right for you. You Again, you really have to fly, and you have to fly a lot to make it worth it, which I imagine most people who aren't vendors basically won't, and I'm sure most vendors know this already. The pores. Uh, we don't talk what? about them. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, as for like staying, hotels are kind of the same thing. Uh, I know like some people they use hotels.com. You just book whatever's like the cheapest. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of GPs they'll host. Uh, they'll have like a room block at the hotel that's usually discounted. You can do that. Airbnb is a pretty popular option. I've done Airbnb a few times. It's it's pretty great with a lot of people. If you like just rent, rent a car and go to Airbnb, you can fit like 10 people into an apartment or whatever, whatever suits your boat. I know a lot of people from Vegas, they rented like a mansion, got like 18 people in there. Uh, Airbnb is affordable. If you, again, if you travel, if you travel a lot, you do this a lot, it's worth looking at getting a hotel rewards program. Again, you have to do that a lot in order to make it worth it, but getting like the free bonuses to the suites, uh, all these types of things are like little comfort things that when you travel enough, it's it's definitely worth it to to pay for the the frequent fire, frequent like hotel use program. Um, 
other than that, like those are the like those are really my only travel tips. Uh, I'm sure again, people who do enough know already, but otherwise, like just find the cheap. There's no reason to sign up for like a like a frequent flyer program if you can't fully take advantage of it. Some of us are tall and can't fit in coach. I just found out today that I'm flying coach to Hawaii and I want to throw myself off the plane. Make sure you sit in the exit aisle. Yeah, it's gonna suck. Yeah, I recently flew and I was uh, moved to the exit aisle or the exit row rather, and I was in heaven. So now I'm just gonna try to get it literally every time I can. I'm not quite as tall as you are, but I am also larger than the seat is. Yeah. Man, like, I just wish every airline was like uh, Emirates or like uh, JAL or like Anna even. Like, they actually treat their flying people like people. And then you fly you fly domestically and you just hate your life. So Yeah, American Airlines are just like the worst. Like, just... No, like, that's Delta. Yeah, uh, Delta's fine. <laughs> Delta sucks. Yeah, I mean, De- even, even United's better than Delta because United offers Chinese takeout. I feel like that's kind of too soon. <laughs> Is that too soon? That might be too soon. So I think I've said that before on the cast. Uh, like on an official cast. You're the worst. <laughs> uh... Yeah, like it just like internationally, like people like the airlines just service like they, their service just way better. Like I, I had a friend who said that he flew like on an airline. It was like a a forty minute flight, and they served a full meal while they were in the air to everyone on the plane in forty minutes. And the fact that like forty minutes—that's like that's like almost it's almost impossible to eat that meal in forty minutes. I'm flying. Yeah, I'm flying from Tokyo to Hokkaido later this year, which is like the northern part of Japan, and apparently we get a meal, and it's like a very short flight. I can't wait, man. I mean, your meal is like, like they hand you like a box that has like a sandwich. Like It's not like, a thing of pretzels. Yeah. It's not a thing of pretzels and some nasty like soda. It's like nice tea and like a nice little bento box, which is all I need, man. That's all I need. I don't know. Like, I can understand the appeal. What? I thought you needed leg room. Yeah, but even the seats and economy on Japan Airlines are, like, uh, way better than coach on domestic. There's, like, actually room. There's, like, big, nice uh, screens. Everyone gets, like, really, like, three, three, two or three courses of food plus snacks whenever you want. And you just walk up and grab snacks. And, yeah. It's really good. I think I'm going to fly a little nicer this time when I go to Japan, but even economy was as good as first class on some airlines or business class, I guess. Especially because I'm flying out of the middle of nowhere. Where first your business class is like the first row of a normal plane. So, yay. And on a different note, European flight attendants are way, way more attractive than here in America. Maybe it's because I have a thing for, like, European people. It's just, like, tall, blonde. I don't know. But way, way, way better in Europe. I'm going to go get some hair dye. I'll be right back. You don't even have hair to dye. I know. You would need hair first. You might as well just buy the wig with the color already. Yeah, that's that's not my thing. I don't know. Yeah. I always shave my head before tournaments. We had, a pretty, we had a pretty hairy situation at the last one, but after a close shave, I was able to get out of it and TO the tournament F, in time. F, F, F. F. 
F. Those, yeah, that's like straight Fs. The problem with shaving your head before a tournament is TOs work on razor-thin margins, so you really have to be careful. F. I'm sure, I'm sure you had to pay your judge so much you were bleeding money the whole weekend. Nice. I don't know, Ed. Now everyone knows you have a thing for European flight attendants. So, uh... Hey, man, I, I'm not afraid to admit it. Like, if any of our listeners out there, you have any friends who are flight attendants that are single, like, let me know. I have a friend I... that's a flight attendant, and then she's single. Yeah? Are, am I just getting trolled? Like, <laughs> no, I do. This, you didn't ask me. You've never. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. This is like this is like every time Jeremy makes an announcement that none of us heard about beforehand. This is a, one of those situations where you like oh, okay. never expressed this to me at all. All right, good to know. And can you feel the love? No, take you it down are, for copyright. You are uh, you are not made to sing. No. I only the pick of the week song. That's the only thing he's allowed to sing. Yeah, that's like another thing a lot of people give us flack for is our pick of the week always tur- always spikes, which like we sort of touched on, but like I feel like I just close when I have copies of something I'm picking. Normally it's hey this card's selling, like keep an eye on it. I mean part of the part of that problem is like literally the only way for us to fix that is just not have pick of the week. Literally just don't pick cards. Which is what, like, half the people tune in for. I don't know if that's true, but maybe. I mean, we know people don't tune in for the puns, and people don't tune in for Travis, so... No, 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 they tune, they tune in for me sighing at the puns. Yeah, they, they thanks to our listeners my reaction. That feedback. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. It's I don't know, great. man. It's so, I, great. so I think the problem with the pick of the week is, like, like, I will never pick, like, I will almost never pick a rare, right? Mainly because rares are just, like, not rare, right? Like, I want, like, I've picked, like, like standard mythics, which are, if they go, if they're going to be expensive, it's going to be a four of. Like, that's kind of my reasoning for a lot of them, like, Glorybringer. I, I picked Glorybringer once, I guess. Um, but, like, you know, like, Virtus Gear Hulk, Torrential Gear Hulk, uh, Azrael, like, these are basically three or four of's, right? And real, realistically, if they become good, they're going to be playing their deck, right? Everyone's going to want them. The mana system can go through the roof and it's going to go up. Like, Masterpieces, they kind of have the opposite problem. The supply is so low that even if they're only played as a one to two of, right, like, it doesn't take that many people to buy them, right? Like, even, like, if I go to a PC player right now, just as an example, uh, let's type in, what's the name of a, what's the name of a Masterpiece that sucks? Uh, Mind's Eye. That one's great. Yeah, that one's good. Uh, worship. Uh, okay. Well, or fine. or just pick choke. Choke's not good. Uh, choke choke is an exceedingly bad one. But like worship, I have worship right here. There's thirty nine total. Per- there's thirty nine total listings on TG Player. So thirty nine individual sellers. If I so if I do fifty results per page and looking at this, there is no seller. Channel Fireball has fourteen of them. Card Rush has nine. There's no other seller that has more than three. Like in an event like we like during Eldrazi Winter when Worship was like the best like sideboard card against Eldrazi, right? Like if we're talking like there's maybe like seventy copies online right now, maybe eighty. Like if forty people need them for their sideboard as a two of, TG player's gone, right? And like that's, I think I would say that's more of 
what's causing the pick of the weeks to like get expensive. Like, sure. Like I, like I mentioned Counterspell and then Counterspell just immediately got bought out, but there's like, I would say there's actually organic demand for Counterspell. Like it's one of the best blue spells in EDH. The art is very sweet. Um, there's reasons for people to buy it out. Like if anything, we're probably accelerating the pro. Like we're definitely accelerating the process. The fact that people listen to them. And if any amount of our viewers, like, like it doesn't take, a large portion of our viewers if people just go out and buy like the one they want right like there's just no copies left on the internet like it like i think that's more of the issue um whereas like a lot of people who pick like oh i'm gonna spec on like this like you know this rare from who knows how long ago like if people are trying to target those there's just way more copies of them out there um or the people who are targeting them are targeting them specifically because they're in low supply. That's what's caught. Co- that's more or less what's causing them to go up. Um, the fact that like, it's like we're shining a light on it is accelerating the issue, but I wouldn't necessarily like fault us or like brainstorm brewery or whoever talks about these things in general as the reasons that all these cards spike. I mean, there are definitely some malicious intent in some places I feel like, but Ours is not one of those. Um, anyway. Uh, it's definitely not malicious here, mainly because I don't care to own magic cards. Like, I'll definitely find cards that are, like, undercosted. Like, I do think, like, I do think a lot of these masterpieces, especially invocations, have plenty of room to grow. But I'm not, like, I'm not I'm not going to sell, like, I've, I've definitely said, like, I don't own very many counter spells. I think I owned, like, two counter spells before I said that they would spike and somehow people turn that against me i'm never a fault for this by the way in case in case people feel the need to egg on me i'm never a fault for this i am only doing this with the best intentions for the finance community and magic players as a whole yeah maybe i don't know if Mm -hmm. i believe you i can't trust someone who flips coins on vacation for fun can't do it so uh allegedly allegedly i didn't say what you're flipping just said flipping coins man there's no need for you to change your ways yeah uh i'll give that one a d i'll give that one a d i actually had to i actually had to let that one sink in for a second that was slightly above uh uh oh so uh kindred discovery has been like on the top list of cards selling on TCG Player from the new Commander set, and there's like almost none of them left. And they're like, there's one copy for five thirty-ish, and then the rest of them are seven or more dollars, which is pretty surprising because like sometimes cards start to like they start to creep up, but like if you're only looking at like MTG stocks or similar. Websites like if you look at like Echo MTG when they post their daily updates or whatever, they always look at the lowest, uh, the lowest cost card, and they don't necessarily get the whole picture of like what everything else looks like, because it looks like one one person undercut everybody by like a dollar on a card that was seven dollars, which means that there's just not going to be very many at that price point very soon. It's the same thing that happened with Teferi's protection. Uh, that card was like $30 for a couple of days, and now there's just a bunch of people with one copy undercutting each other by a dollar, and it goes down from like $27 to 22 and there's really just not that many listed at 
the lowest price point. So um, when you're when you're deciding whether or not you want to spec into something, go look at how many copies are actually available at a certain price point, because the cheapest one is the lowest one, but that's not necessarily where most of them are. The median, where's like the most of them are, is is probably more important than where the lowest one is sometimes. And for anyone who's actually holding out for Commander 2017, if they if you didn't hear about it already, Mark Rosewart did confirm that there's going to be a reprint. So we saw that right away. Like thank yeah. God. Yeah. Like a I lot of people did. Uh, yeah, I to Thomas. Thomas said his store sold out right away. I ordered a whole. I ordered sets from my whole commander like league. I don't know how to explain it. A bunch of bunch of guys I play with commander with. We're not really a league. Whatever. Uh, I ordered twelve sets of the commander decks, and uh, everyone's like, "Do you got any more?" I'm like, "No, obviously not. I didn't order any extras." So. <laughs> I think people are really happy with this set. Um, I'm kind of surprised they're not reprinting C16, since that also seemed to have disappeared pretty quickly, especially like the Brea and Atraxa decks. Um, I don't know if they're going to reprint those or not, but I would be wary of it. We spend too much time talking finance. I mean, what do you want to talk about then? I already uh, spilled the personal tidbit. You guys should spill personal tidbits. Uh, Jim's got nothing. I mean, you can ask me any question that you want. You know what my preferences are, obviously. So I, I'm, I'm not talking to... about that on the cast. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a little too much. Oh, so we'll have to talk about Ed's preferences, but not my preferences? To be fair, he volunteered that information. I'm not just going to go out and explain how you met your fiancé and like all this other stuff. That's like a little much. My first date, we met online. The first date we went on, we went and got dinner and then went to F&M. And then I didn't see her for most of the night. True love, ladies and gentlemen. True love. Oh, you, you don't even know. You don't even know. It was great. You just have to be a reasonable person and a reasonable human being and not use, you know, That's two foreign strikes. language. That's three strikes. Guess I'm out. Yeah, I'm kind of screwed too. Screwed on what? Oh, not being a horrible person and not using horrible language? Something like that. I mean, I curse like a sailor, not on this cast usually, but, you know, you just got to pick your audience for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I clearly think we need another like Grand Prix where all of us are going to be there to to troll our uh, to troll our fans and uh, others. You guys were nothing like what I thought you guys would be, despite the fact that we do this literally every week when I met you guys in Vegas. Like I hadn't met Jeremy before that. I guess I met you before that. I hadn't met Travis before. Travis is exactly what he's like online. I don't know. Kind of. Kind of. Maybe. No, he's pretty much exactly the same. When is the next time we're all going to be in one place? Vegas, and I'm not even going to be there for that long. Uh, I am not going to the next Vegas. Two, Vegas every year is just too much. I mean, yeah, I, I might just go for three days. I was super burnt out after a whole week in Vegas. I don't think I can ever do that again. I'm, not also, I'm also not going to do that. I don't like to gamble. 
Um, I learned how to play PyGao, and then I was like, I want to win. I don't want to push. And then I lost a bunch of money, which is like impossible. Speaking of degeneracy, this is where you could roast Ed again. But I being won't. degenerate. Yeah. What's the point in roasting him for that? He knows it. <laughs> everyone I, knows it. Every, everyone knows it. Everyone knows I'm a degenerate. So. He's the guy that casts from the airport and the taxi and his friend's car and. TGI Fridays. Yeah, yeah they, and they TGI Fridays. That's, TGI Fridays. I, that's where I thought you were. He, yeah. he recorded the. Uh, he recorded it on like salt shakers. He like put his phone on salt shakers, and then Monty kept trying to like push it. And Ed was dying. Yeah, but my, my phone was like literally propped up kind of like this against Salt Shaker so I could watch and kind of listen. Like the speakerphone was nowhere close to being loud enough. My headphones had died. So I was kind of like, every time people saw me leaning in, that was me trying to listen to what was being said. I got one for you, Ed. Do you think we're too materialistic as a society because so many people buy all these cards and all these foils and they want more and more and more? Do you think that's too unhealthy? And that they yeah. should be saving their their money? No, oh dear God! Are, are we just getting into like philosophy and like two D five? I mean, my my outlook on this is it's only if it negatively impacts you in other ways. It's like if you're if you're going to spend that money on something else anyway, then why does it matter? I think like in the grand scheme of things, I think it it scales appropriately. I think like people our age, like you know, like 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 late. Uh, late teens, early 20s, kind of up to us. Like, it's acceptable to spend, like, the amount that we do on Magic. Like, I don't know how much Jim spends. Like, if he spends money on Commander decks, and that's, like, he has that once a year where he's spending, like, being, like, 12 sets of Commander decks. Like, that's, like, an un- that's unreasonable amount. But that's only once a year. If you spread that out, that's probably a realistic amount. That probably scales to the amount of people who spend, like, you know, $10,000 on a set of golf clubs, but they're not doing that until they're, 50s or like the 40s right it's like it's appropriate otherwise like you know you look at the people who spend you know ten dollars a week going out to movies and i don't know doing whatever they do inside the movie theater like eating popcorn and random shit like that right i'd rather have magic because i'd rather have magic cards because that's at least i have something to show for it and it's a hobby that i enjoy i've met a lot of friends through magic i don't know i think it's fine i i think like it's the people who do it obsessively like they have to buy packs constantly to just open and hope that they hit like whatever they want i think like that's unhealthy people who spend like a disproportionate amount of their income on magic cards that's unhealthy but as a whole i think like i don't really see anything wrong with people who buy uh who buy magic cards so we all have our vices yeah like i have friends whose hobbies are like going yachting like just regattas and stuff like that. And then I have friends that like collect cars. I have friends that like one of them collects like caviar and then he has like a caviar tasting night, stuff like that. Yeah. Ed's his watches. I'm not as, I don't go as, as deep as he does on that, but he's got some really nice watches. I I just own magic cards and uh, I guess I buy video games, but not like super old school, like expensive stuff. I just wait for like games to get old and then go on sale and then I buy them for nothing. Like that's a huge market now. Yeah, retro we, video games. That's definitely yeah. uh yeah. See the thing I don't really get it though. Like I understand the the appeal of like having like a mantelpiece of like a Super Nintendo or whatever, but like I never want to actually play on a Super Nintendo again. That seems just awful. Like aside from the fact that they don't connect to L C D TVs usually or very easily. 
Like I would just I, I've just been buying the like remake versions of all the games that I used to play or came out a long time ago. Like the most recent video game that I bought was the remake of Yakuza One, and it looks a thousand times better than it does on the PlayStation Two. Like, have you ever looked at Final Fantasy Seven? It looks awful. Everyone's no, because I'm triangle. not a fucking nerd. Yeah, you are. You are a fucking nerd. That's why you're on. That's why you podcast about the cost of magic cards. You fucking nerd. I, I still now. play. I still play Birio Kart on my uh, 64 and GameCube, whichever the older system is. Like that's still a ton of fun in college. There's still a ton of people that do that. Time, time out. Do you not know what the difference between a GameCube and a Nintendo 64 is? No, I do. I play it on the on the GameCube, and then we play like Galaga. We like turn Galaga into a drinking game on the 64. So that's been pretty fun. You can turn anything into a drinking game. Yeah, you can do a magic drinking game. It gets people fucked up real fast. Hey, have you ever played Elder Dragon Hangover with the with uh, Scott, who's the booze cube? We played that up in Minneapolis with Mike, and we were done after like an hour. Uh, I have not played Elder Dragon Hangover. Yeah, it's a great format. I just had someone message me today about booze cubing on Saturday, and I'm like, I'm TOing a tournament. Like, I have no time for this. Uh, sad times. Yeah, I think the biggest appeal, like the answer to almost like all of the above, is like nostalgia, right? Like, why do people like want to own like, you know, not just vintage video games, but like, you know, like vintage Transformers? Like, there's a huge surge of it. Like, Hasbro had a huge surge after like they started releasing Transformer movies like every two years. You know, people want the old video games because that's what we grew up as. Now we have like, hey, I can spend like two hundred dollars to get like. You know, some of these vintage games I played when I was a kid. Um, it, it's always a collectability aspect of it. I think that's like kind of the biggest draw for people. Like, yeah, it sucks to kind of go back and realize, like, playing Final Fantasy VII. Like, I remember watching it when uh, when uh, it was on, uh, what was it? Awesome Games Done Quick. I watched, like, actually watched, like, five hours of the stream. And holy shit, like, it looks really bad now, but you think, you remember thinking back fondly, like, man, this game was sweet when I was, like, 13. I think, like, that's, I, like, the biggest draw of it for a lot of people. The thing that happened to me the most recently is I bought the uh, Pokemon Snap got remade for the Wii U. I bought that game, and I beat it in, like, two hours, like, without trying really hard. And I was like, man, this game used to be so much harder when I was, like, nine and didn't know what I was doing. Like this was game this before, felt like this longer. Was this before or after we invaded Korea? When you were nine? This is not before Nam. This is before okay. I was nine. Just curious. We just talked about Grandpa. how old we were in this chat. <laughs> Grandpa Jim on the cast over here. Jim and I are the same age. Travis is I older know. than us. Yeah. You yeah, you're, you're, you're the, the youngest right now. I know it's great. I don't. I may not have hair left, but uh, yeah, take that. <laughs> Still the youngest. Oh well. Oh well. That doesn't really bother me. I I actually I guess if we're getting personal, like I don't really care. People actually like rubbing it, so it's fine. I feel like that has to be the worst part of having no hair, right? Like no. people rubbing your head. I mean, I have uh, a lot of gray hair. So I get a lot yeah, of you crap do. from people. No, I have a lot of gray hair too. Yeah, yeah but your yeah, but your your hair is like your gray hair is being covered by your black hair. What? For the most part. There's just you probably can't see it, but there's just strands of gray hair everywhere. 
Yeah, I know. Only on after hours do we get do we get gray haired Ed. Yeah. No, I, I give up. I I have, like, but the problem I have is it's in the front of my hair and it's like a streak that goes all the way back. So I saw my parents and my brother my brothers recently, and they're like, "Man, you're getting old." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" They're like you have a lot of gray hair. And I'm like, "Oh, I've always had a lot of gray hair. I guess I just like in this in just like the right light, you can see it a lot." It doesn't look bad. It's not like ugly. If that makes you feel better, there's some people. There's some people that are really <laughs> shitty gray hair, but yours came in okay. I think that's a compliment. I don't think that's a compliment, but I'm not really sure. See, I'll never have to worry about that. I just, I'll just keep shaving it. Just. I know. I gave you crap on Monday when you still had hair. I know. Well, like that's the thing is like. Now everyone who knows me until I die will know that my hair is shaved. Like my head's always shaved, so they'll never be like, "Whoa, your hair is getting gray or your beard's getting gray." So it's nice. There's like not. It's not really a big deal. And the head rubbing's okay. I feel like that's the worst. Every time people like rub my hair, it's just uh. So like we we've talked about this on previous casts. Like I hate getting hugs. Like that's like I just hate it. But, like, I'm completely okay with people rubbing my head. That's really awkward and weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic I magic player. Like, uh, I like, mean, I don't, I don't really hear, I don't really care if people hug me. I'm, I'm, I'm from a large Italian family, so everyone touches everyone all the time. Hey, Jim Casale. Yeah, pretty much. Man, uh, that came out wrong now that I think about what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the ha- a handshake is not good enough. A hug and a kiss is usually how most people uh, greet each other. So, random people like, hey, can I have a hug or whatever? It's like, sure, whatever, man. I don't care. Whatever makes you happy. So, if you see Jim at a, at a uh, GP, you should hug him. And if you're a flight attendant at a GP, you should hug Ed. Well, time out. First of all, at least let me know before you're gonna do that. Like, don't come up behind <laughs> me and like bear hug me. That's like I'm just gonna elbow you in the in the kidney, probably. If you remember Darium CCGs, who used to be a giant Magic YouTube thing, I don't know if you ever watched Card Shop Life. They were the original before Rudy took it over. Uh, I visited them, and like Kevin, who's the owner, just hugged me out of nowhere, and like you can just see how pissed off I was on camera <laughs> on Card Shop Life. Uh, that's great. Yeah, no, he was he was like five eight, so it was just like no, like get out of here. Was five eight or is five eight? I I think he's shrinking. Oh okay. Like Musser, who's like another pro that plays against Ed's friend all the time, is like getting taller, but I think Kevin's getting shorter. So yeah, don't get short. (laughs) Being short is bad. Thanks. If you're getting short, if like Ed was six foot and then I saw him three years later and he was like five six, I'd be like, oh, okay. But yeah. Anything else to talk about? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are other things to talk about. Oh, is any of us going to Travis's wedding? I don't think that's a thing we should talk about. Okay, because I'm not. <laughs> I am not. Yeah, I know. And you said you wouldn't go to mine either. Right. Wait, when's yours? October ish. Yeah, I won't this go. October? Sorry? Next October. Next October. Yeah, yeah, definitely not this one. Okay, okay I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. Next, October next year. Oh, okay. okay. I am planning to save, to save the dates in December. Okay. 
Yeah, I definitely could not do this October. Well, I couldn't do this October. That's in like two months. I have zero things planned. Go to Vegas, <laughs> get married in a dry lake bed. Oh, remember, there. remember bottled water. And, oh my uh, god, that was that saved us all. You've been dead, people. Yeah, <laughs> Jr. Like this is probably very few listeners that like. Uh, that no, oh, I'll I'll get to this comment in a second by a viewer, but uh, Jr. is a very interesting guy. I won't say too much on the cast because I don't want to betray his trust in me. Uh, he had some fun things to say about that truck stop that we stopped at on the way back. That like we're just too, we're just we're just com- from uh, two completely different planets. Like he spends his time in Vegas trying to find out an elevator shaft that killed a bunch of people at the Westgate, and like getting lost with Jason, and like we spent it gambling. But he's got a very interesting personality on life. If no one on this cast has listened to Money Draw, it's like a Money very, Draft. God, Money Draw. It's like a very, very interesting insight into uh, Jr.'s life. Because, like, we all know Jason's super liberal, but Jr. is a very interesting dude. Uh, Jack's twin says, "I saw you Giants and your little person in Orlando when you walked in." You wow. giants and who little person? Ed. Like, I, was in, I was in Orlando for like five hours. Oh, yeah, you were there. We played EDH. Yeah, we played like one game of EDH. I picked up a Lotus from Caffrey and then I went to Japan. So, yeah. Did uh, we play EDH in Vegas? Didn't Ed play like a Traxa? No, that was yeah. in that was in that Orlando. Was in Orlando. We didn't play any EDH in Vegas because you were too busy wanting to cube all the time. That was totally worth it, by the way. I had so much fun cubing all weekend. We got got like a lot of content creators in it too. Like we got Brainstorm Brewery. We got all three Brainstorm Brewery members. We got Magic Man Sam. We got uh, Rogue Deck Builder maybe. Yeah, we got Rogue Deck Builder. Uh, Like a, a Riot employee. It was pretty chill. A lot of a lot of people, and because no one has to like, unlike EDH, like where someone could have a completely different power deck, cubes on the same playing field as long as you know how to read Russian cards. So yeah, that's not true at all. I played against Sam, and he was playing like Jun mid range, and I'm like, show and tell Gristlebrand, this is good enough. And then I played against another guy who was like. Mono green, like ramp deck or whatever, and I played a turn one oath of druids and then looked at him and he like <laughs> refused to play a creature for like 18 turns. I believe is uh it says in the alpha starter deck where Mark Rose or where uh, Richard Garfield's talking about the game in the third paragraph of the little little packet it says get good scrub. So he probably should have read those rules. It's a possibility. I mean, I've flown for the Rofello shot more than once, but Sometimes you just gotta be like, just take all the cards that let you cheat a big dumb thing into play. All right, I think, I think yeah, if you were ever playing cube, I think you were ever playing cube and you put a basic force into your deck, you should just like throw in a towel and just like concede. Like just, that's not know. that's not even remotely true. Yeah, there are I definitely cards worth playing basic forest for. Rafellos channel? No, no, eh, maybe channel. Chan- channel's a fine card. Fast bond, yeah. fast bond, storm plays fast bond. Yeah, yeah you fine. probably don't play a basic forest in your storm deck, though. Like, the, I mean, if you have to, I would, I would, I would, I played green for uh, Oath of Druids, which I think is worth playing. 
Uh, I had a Eureka also. I don't know Hypergenesis. There's there's there are good green cards. There's just not very many of them. I I've seen people play Basic Force and Storm for Heartbeat of Spring and Fast Bond, like as a way to make their deck more degenerate. Yeah, like let's like both those cards are basically like blue cards, right? Like, <laughs> like okay. you generally like you'll never play Fastborn or or Heartbeat of Spring in a fair deck, right? You're not trying to like accelerate into like Warm no, engine, I've right? seen the like, mono green deck play it. Ugh, ugh, yeah, gross. All right, we got time for one more topic before I have to run up and go do work. We've been at this for like more than an hour now. This has been a, yeah. a quality cast. I'm sure our listeners wanted to know all these things about ourselves, so we have time for one more topic. Uh, you guys go to Atlanta? No. One's Atlanta. During Travis's wedding. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, are you still going to Atlanta? Uh, Ed probably actually is. I, I think I'm going to China for that weekend, actually. Is that which GP? It's they, Warsaw, It's Warsaw, Atlanta, and China. They need to have a GP, GP in Shenzhen. GP vacation. Shenzhen? Shenzhen? I don't know how to pronounce it, but that place is amazing. That's where they need to have a GP. At the computer parts capital of the world. There's a lot of interesting like things to read about that. Are there any Floridian GPs next year? I don't remember. Are there any what? Are there any what? Floridian Grand Prix next year? Uh, I can guarantee you that there will be no Missouri GP. There hasn't been one for almost uh, eight years now. Wow, that's not surprising. And, and there hasn't been one in the literal state of Missouri or Missouri for 14 years since original Ravnica. Like they had GP Kansas City in 2012 and it was on the Kansas side because of Missouri gambling laws. The convention center by St. Louis is not big enough for a Grand Prix and I'd really like a Kansas City one. Get some barbecue again. Yeah, I was just looking at the... Uh... Grand Prix schedule for the first half of next year. There are none in Florida. I will actually be in uh, Daytona Beach because Pokemon is having a regionals event October? Like, first weekend of October or something? I'll actually be in Daytona Beach. So if you want to stalk Ed and find him, that's where he'll be. Oh man, there's not even one in Atlanta. I guess I'll have to wait for the second. Do you know when the second half of the Grand Prix schedule is coming out? Knowing them, November. probably not till May. November. They say November, but we'll see. November. We will, we will see. I predict November. Okay. Not I don't that. know. Yeah, Grand not Prix? that. I would know anything, but November. Nope. I went from playing in Grand Prix to like just only playing sides to like not playing sides anymore. Now it's just about hanging out with people. I made the mistake of doing one draft in Vegas. I drafted a really sweet deck. I had four magma sprays and a glory bringer, and I flooded out two games in a row and lost. I was like, never mind. Don't do side events. <laughs> I think like the reason I go to Grand Prix is just to hang out with people. The fact that you're playing Magic is fine, but realistically, you can play Magic anywhere. A lot of people at Grand Prix, I really don't see outside of Grand Prix. So, granted, I go to a lot of Grand Prix, I see a lot of people, but 
definitely would rather spend the time hanging out with people than playing Magic. You just want to play Lexio more. Lexio is pretty fun. Lexio is a good time. I should bring that more. I should bring that around more. You should. You should also figure out where to get another copy of it so I can buy one. Word. So still trying to figure that out. I feel like if my friend ever comes back to the U.S. from North Korea to or North Korea, South Korea, Jesus Christ, to visit or something, he'll probably bring some copies. I was say, man, I don't know if he's uh, coming back from North Korea. You know, that's actually that's actually a thing that they use to finance their regime is these state tours where they have a handler watching you, and like they charge you a bunch of money, and it helps fund the chem regime. It's like actually a brilliant. A brilliant move on the the regime's part. They get tourist money. Like they, people post on Facebook how cool North Korea is, and it like sort of works as a propaganda machine. There's a bunch of articles on Vice about it. Didn't uh, Trump ban like U.S. passports from being able to enter like North Korea, like after tomorrow or something? Yeah, but I think two of the three of us on this cast have multiple nationalities. Right? I only have a U.S. passport, so... Okay, never mind. I also only have a U.S. passport. I don't know what you're asking. I Well, I probably can't go on the other... I'm going to have to look into that, but I'm definitely not going to North Korea. I think if I go to North Korea, I'll come back and I won't have any soul left. That's not even the right country. That's, I know what you... That's I the saw joke. You, I saw what you that's tried that's to do. That's the joke. That, but it, like, wasn't, you weren't even in the right country. That No, that's the joke. F. Oh, Is that man. the joke? F. Yeah, because North Korea doesn't have any Seoul. You're the worst. <laughs> you are the worst. <laughs> I don't know. Magic is medium. Hanging out with people is above average. And having a steady paying job is A+. StarCraft is great, though. StarCraft? Yeah, StarCraft is great. Are you playing Remastered? Uh, I played like two games of the Remastered one. Um, it's all about league. It's it's not Ugh. it's not good. Gross. It's, it's it's rough. Like controlling units is bad. You're not Korean. Oddly enough, on the topic of Korea, you happen to not be Korean enough to, I imagine, be insanely good at StarCraft. That's true. I mean, I was reasonable, but now I'm just like actively bad. Like I'm watching myself, and I'm like, man, I should have done that differently. Like literally every time I click the mouse. Life is hard. Game is hard is what it is, actually. But it's still see, I hard. like the upgraded graphics. I like watching people play. Life is hard if you're buying magic cards as your retirement portfolio. If you're sinking all your free money into reserveless cards and then hoping to cash out in 10 years. That seems impossible. Yeah. There's people that think Lotus will hit 10,000 for an unlimited copy for like a plate unlimited copy in like 10 years. Well, that might, but most of the reserveless cards are probably not going to be worth anything. I think at some point in time, they're just going to ban them. I don't know. I, I don't care. I, I, I've finally gotten on the ed school of thought, which is selling cards is greater than holding cards. Yeah, I might have to do that to finance my wedding because I'm inviting too many people. So if you see me selling reserveless cards, uh, it's not because I bought them out. It's because I just don't need to own them anymore. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. When people started buying out reserveless cards, I was like, let me just go buy an extra guy's cradle in case I ever need one. So I definitely have one extra one. But I'm still like, man, they're like 
60 more dollars than what I spent on them now. I should probably just sell this. Seems reasonable. All right, that's probably a good place to end the podcast then. Um, yeah. If you, guys, if you guys liked this, we can try to run it back when Ed has nothing better to do. Leave feedback on Twitter at cartel underscore finance. Hopefully this wasn't too uh, brain dead for you guys. If you want to want to know a little bit more about us behind the quote unquote scenes, uh, nothing really changes. I no. still make shitty puns and Jim still grimaces. You know, you don't have to say quote unquote. You could just do this. Yeah. Like you can, you could see that they can see you. So you can just do the air quotes instead of saying the air quotes. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so yeah, that's the cast. We hope yeah. you enjoyed this exclusive <laughs> behind the scenes special with the three of us. Uh, I am going like to say, let everyone know I unfortunately will not be there on Monday. You'll have to go, go on without me. Yep. I'll yeah, be in the great state a... of California. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, oh, I think what? we have a guess. It can't possibly be worse than your puns. No, California. Bad state. California's state. Um, I love California. What's wrong with California? Nope. West Coast, worst coast. No. Whatever. Come at me. No. Come you don't even live me. on a coast. How could you care? I've been to many places in California and I hate it every time I go. Then you're not doing it right. Yeah, you must be you must be doing something wrong. California is like to... if, if Florida didn't have shitty weather and also shitty people. <laughs> no, California has shitty people. California has a inflated. lot of shitty people actually. They've in, inflated, they, just have, no, no, uh, they don't have like the largest amount of shitty people per capita. They just have a lot of shitty people because they have a lot of people. They literally want to split themselves into like four different states. Yeah, they probably should. That state is too big. That state is obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. Illinois probably has the highest amount of shitty people per capita. Because oh, God. Illinois, Illinois is horrible. All the people yeah. outside of Chicago are great, and then all the people in Chicago suck. Oh, and there's always I'm construction. there also. Do you guys do you guys know that Illinois can't afford to pay out lottery winners in the state of Illinois because they ran out of dollars? Financial dollars, man. Financial dollars. <laughs> you are you are a special individual, let me tell you. <laughs> like, they're just like, yeah, here's an IOU. Like, good luck getting the money. Like I drove from Missouri to Indiana, and I and uh, Illinois was just construction the entire way through one lane roads on the interstate, and there was no one working on the interstate on any of the times I drove through. <laughs> it was just like, thanks guys, quality state. No, nah, that state is garbage. All right, we're gonna end it here. If you want another one of these, we can try and set it up. Reach out to us, tag us on Twitter at Edwin13 at Frost underscore and at Missouri MTG or at Cartel underscore finance. Let us know what you thought. Pretty mediocre cast with a bunch of mediocre people. And we'll see you guys on Monday. Have a good one. Bye.